TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for that paleo show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Sarah Stewart. I'm Steve Hayter. And I'm Brett Hill. Do you know anyone who has been thrown out of their dentist's office? It's not something many people can claim. However, this is exactly what happened to our guest on the show today. This event inspired Eric to write a book, The Paleo Approach to Dental Health, in order to share his story about how he was able to turn his back on conventional dental medicine and take his health into his own hands. As we know, the paleo lifestyle, and in particular paleo diet, has become a powerhouse movement that has swept the globe. People are beginning to realize how important what we put into our bodies really is. What many people neglect to consider is what exactly they are putting into their mouth on a daily basis in order to keep their teeth and gums healthy. It turns out there is an excellent approach to dental health that also happens to be paleo approved. Here to share with us and tell us more is dental renegade, blogger and author Eric Stein. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're so excited to have a chat about um, dental health and, and all things paleo and how we can make it work. And Eric, you've got a fascinating story. Could you perhaps share with our listeners how this all came about and eventuated? Sure, absolutely. Um, I also just wanted to, to say, you know, thank you guys for, for putting together this show. Um, I recently just listened to the one with Terry Walls and you know, every time I hear her, it's just so amazing. So I'm so glad that you guys are out there spreading this information. And um, I mean, th- this is the way that, that you know, I think we're going to change the world. And I just wanted to, to at least express my gratitude to you for taking the time to put this stuff together. So uh, thank you very much for Thanks, that. Thanks, mate. <laughs> um, my story is, is quite an interesting story of how I, uh, I kind of felt myself, found myself backed into a corner with my uh, dental health. Um, for pretty much my whole life, I had, um, you know, problems with my gums, lots of plaque, and generally just didn't like going to the dentist because of how traumatic it was. I mean, you know, you sit through that chair and somebody's in there just drilling in your mouth, and th- there's never really a pleasant experience. And I always had a pretty good dentist growing up as, as well, but I mean, I, I dealt with so much. My plaque was so bad that I would have to have multiple sessions. Where you know you go in for your teeth cleaning and they say, "Well, we couldn't get to it. Um, you're you're, you're going to have to do a a second session." So I'd have to come back and do another session of teeth cleaning. So I I really never <laughs> enjoyed my experience at the dentist. And then um, I just had to switch insurance companies and found myself in another dentist and really just you know didn't enjoy it too much. And I was told by my dentist at one point that I had to do what they call their special deep cleaning. And um, it involved that numbing half your face and they go dig, dig below the gum line and do all this stuff. And then they give you antibiotics, et cetera, et cetera. And it takes two sessions and it was going to cost several hundred dollars. And I was about to, uh, I was about to get married in a few months. So I was really kind of saving my pennies, if you know what I mean. Um, so I told them that I couldn't afford it at the moment and that I'd rather just do the, uh, the regular cleaning. 
and um, they kind of told me that I had to do their deep cleaning. So I said, you know, look, please, I don't, you know, I basically begged them. I really can only afford to do the regular cleaning because it's covered by my insurance, et cetera, et cetera. And they eventually kicked me out of their office. And there's a, there's a pretty interesting letter that they sent me that it was uh, basically telling me, okay, you're, you're no longer welcome back. You have to transfer out. So, you know, instead of going with their approach, I decided to look to the alternative health community and find a way to kind of take my health back into my own hands. Because I'd, I'd done this once before. I had irritable bowel syndrome and really went through a lot there. And I was able to figure that out. And I'd been having such amazing success with the, the paleo diet that I figured I would be able to incorporate these principles and kind of, you know, cure myself. And what happened after that was just nothing short of amazing. Um, I... Uh, I was able to reverse my gum disease that I had. I mean, my gums were bleeding all the time when I would uh, floss, and I completely reversed that. There's essentially no plaque around my teeth anymore. It's, it's unbelievable. And my teeth, this was, this was the craziest thing, too, is my teeth got way whiter. I, uh, I have a fake front tooth, and um, from when I, I broke it in half when I was young, and as I was going through all these, all these steps and all these different um, uh, approaches, I noticed that all my other teeth started to get much whiter where the fake ones stayed the same, stayed the same color. So I started to look really funny. Um, but really, that's kind of like the gist of my story and how I, I was able to use these paleo principles to, to really kind of, like you said, turn my back on the, uh, on the mainstream dental community. That's so cool, Eric, and um, I must admit I had a little bit of a giggle when I viewed the actual letter which you share in your book from the dentist and there's a little love heart icon in the top <laughs> left and it says, we care, by the way, please don't come here, transfer somewhere else. Um, so I got a little bit of a giggle about that. I don't know if that's a yeah. bit ironic or not, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, I saw a little bit of irony in that as well. Uh, I want to I want to jump straight into the meaty stuff, uh, Eric, with regards because there's there's um yeah there's a there's a lot out there with regards to um, the use of conventional toothpaste, um, you know, fluoride in the water. Um, can you heal your cavities yourself? Like where where does the line where is the line of um, how much you can heal yourself um, versus what we're told about what what needs to be done at the dentist? So can we can we perhaps start with um, Maybe maybe the role of conventional toothpaste. Um, what did you discover about that? Well, conventional toothpaste was it's it's really an, a strange area because we've all we all grow up using conventional toothpaste, right? I mean, I used it my whole life, and you get used to that like foamy, bubbly mouth, and you associate the foam and bubbles with the cleaning. Like that's that's what's that's how you know your mouth is being cleaned is because it's really foamy and bubbly. But it turns out a lot of that's just foaming agents that don't have anything to do with the you know, cleaning of your teeth. And you know, when you start to look at the ingredients lists on these toothpastes, you start to wonder what is really going on there. Because it doesn't seem like there's anything in there that is going to really 
benefit you. I mean, there's there's artificial food dyes, which are linked to the hyperactivity in children. A lot of it's fluoride, and there's a ton of controversy about fluoride. Foaming agents, and I mean, it says right on the package, if you swallow some of this, you know, contact poison control. I mean, that should be a red flag right there. The, the, you're putting something into your mouth, which is, you know, this isn't just on your skin. I mean, this is in your mouth. And you're, you're putting this into your mouth, and you should contact poison control if you swallow it. I mean, generally speaking, if you put something into your mouth, you should intend to swallow it for the most part. <laughs> so you're going to assume that at least some of it's going to be swallowed. And, and because the, the skin and, you know, the, it's like essentially flesh inside there, it's very permeable. I mean, you're going to be absorbing things as well. And, and just digging into it, you're, it made me really, really skeptical of it. And then, you know, the whole foaming agent thing, I mean, that's how they, that you associate it with being clean, how you associate the brushing your teeth with being clean. And um, I just, it turned out to be completely false. And uh, Eric, what uh, what what did you turn to then as a as a result of uh, wanting to steer clear of the conventional stuff? What uh, what do you use? What we use now, and this t- it took a little bit of getting used to, is essentially just baking soda, coconut oil, um, some essential oil, and uh, sea salt for trace minerals. And you get finely ground sea salt, and you you just mix all that together and use it just like regular toothpaste. And the thing that you're going to notice is that there's no foam, really. Like, it, it may suds a little bit in there, but there's not that overpowering mouthful of foam that happens. And so that makes you nervous. I know it made me nervous. Like, oh, I'm a, I thought to myself, like, is, are my teeth even being cleaned? I don't know. But I decided to stick with it because, you know, of this holistic approach to health that I've been taking and all the research that I did. And um, just... That, that toothpaste alone was unbelievable. And it, it works absolute wonders. And it's the most basic ingredients. And so, you don't um, have to contact poison control if you swallow. <laughs> so, Eric, how did we get to this situation? I mean, I know personally last time I went to the dentist, they were sort of, you know, very heavily trying to push me on to this toothpaste that they sold within the practice that had, you know, even more chemicals and seemingly even more fluoride than any of the other toothpaste I could, <laughs> I could get from the supermarket. And, and, you know, they were quite strongly suggesting to me that the fluoride-free toothpaste and the, the natural toothpaste I was using just wasn't going to get the job done. So obviously there's a view out there that, that those toothpastes that are commercially available are the best way to go and, and the health professionals who you know should be the experts in this area are the ones who are really heavily pushing that. So you know, how have we gotten to this situation? You know, I, I really wish I knew how it got all the way here. I, I can only guess that it would be just like a lot of the mainstream medical community push, they push a lot of things that don't they seem to be more money makers than they do really things that help you. And when you go around telling people that you can brush your teeth with something like coconut oil and baking soda, I think it upsets a lot of people out there that are probably making a lot of money from it. And also to speak to the, to what doctors are recommending. I mean, you can't really blame doctors for this because if you go to medical school they're going to teach you certain things, right? Like if you go to school to become a dentist, they teach you this is what you do to, for this. This is what you brush with. When X happens, you do Y. And, you know, it's very laid out. So I think, you know, 
the, the real broad answer is how we got here is that that's just the way it's always been. That's the way that they're teaching them, and that's the way things are going to continue. And the only way things are going to change is if people start to realize that they can, you know, take their take the the power of their health back into their own hands. And but you're you're you know you're going to look to a dentist, and while they may be great at fixing your teeth, it's like going to a doctor for a broken bone were unbelievable as far as our, our medical abilities in, in those areas, but they're just not going to know of these other things. And it's not to say that it's malicious in any way, but I think it's just what you're taught. And what you're taught is kind of what's going to you know keep happening. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting how to break the cycle. But the, the great thing is, you know, we're all empowered with the ability to make our own choices. And um, I personally have had a fair few issues when it comes to dental. I had a lot of cough lollies growing up because I always had ear, nose and throat issues and ended up with a whole host of issues, including a lot of fillings and then ended up with four root canals and then finding the paleo sort of lifestyle. I wanted to get the metal and the amalgam out of my mouth. So I found a holistic dentist. Um, and that was really amazing, but I'm left with, you know, um, still some deteriorating teeth. And one of the things I've turned to and we get a lot of questions about is actually oil pulling. And I wondered if you could share, you know, your thoughts on oil pulling, if you've done it and, and how best to do it. Yeah, oil pulling was another thing that, that was very, I think, transformative to, for me. I knew several other people around me that were doing it as well that, that also had um, uh, amazing transformations from it. Um, there are two different oils that people generally use for oil pulling. Um, one is uh, coconut oil and the other is um, sesame seed oil. And this, uh, it originally started back in India, I believe. A guy, uh, I think Dr. Andrew Weil had some good writing about it, but they, they generally use sesame seed oil. I, I use coconut oil and what I would try to do was I would do it in the morning, get up, and before I make breakfast or anything, take a tablespoon of coconut oil, put it in my mouth, and it, you know, if it's solid, you just let it melt and, and just swish it around. And they say you should do it for 20 minutes. Um, a guy, it, his name is Dr. Bruce Fife. He wrote a book called Oil Pulling Therapy. He's the one that really hits home the idea that you need to do it for 20 minutes because that's the amount of time it takes for the oil to really absorb all the bacteria. I find that, you know, sometimes 20 minutes is hard to do. You know, you, you got things to do. I got to make breakfast. I want to I wanna have my coffee. I need to get going. So sometimes so 20 minutes really just isn't practical. But I try to at least get it in there for 5 to 10. And if I can do 20, I can do 20. And, and it was, uh, you know, you just swish it around in your mouth and then just spit it in the trash can when you're done. You notice that it turns a, a different color. Mm. And um, then I just brush my teeth afterwards and, Good to go. Yeah. And I'd also heard, and something that comes up is people are often quite concerned that if they don't do the full 20 minutes, because the oil is um, supposed to pull the toxicity away, if they don't do the full 20 minutes, there has been concern around, well, am I then just releasing more toxins into my body? Do you have any thoughts on that? You know, I didn't see any of that in the research that I was doing, and mm -hmm. I haven't experienced that myself. Um, so I, I guess that could be a possibility, but, you know, we, you brush your teeth and make sure your mouth's nice and rinsed out afterwards. And I mean, I can't say that what you just said isn't true for sure, but um, my, through my personal experience through, through the journey that I've been on, I haven't found that to be the case. Yeah, that's great.
Because, you know, my gums were very, very sensitive. I mean, I would floss and it, it would hurt and then bleed. Mm. And um, after all this is over, they don't bleed. And they're instead of a, a dark red color, they're just they're all a light pink all the way around. And it's just it's been a complete transformation even. And I definitely don't do 20 minutes every time I, I try to as much as I can. But I do not. Uh, I, I don't get there all the time. Um, Eric, I wanted to ask you about um, the importance of the bacteria that's in your mouth and, and some of the conventional products out there that can just wreak havoc on that. Can you tell us a little bit about um, bacteria in the mouth, both good and bad, and um, things like the impact that mouthwash and conventional toothpaste and things like that have on that, that uh, bacteria balance? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've gotten big into the whole microbiome thing. I, I think we need to be living harmoniously with the bacteria that surrounds us. And when you go attacking bacteria and you're doing it indiscriminately, like with antibiotics and, and some of these more powerful mouthwashes, we don't really know what the long-term effects of that, of that are going to be. I mean, your digestion is essentially starts in your mouth, right? You start chewing your food and all the bacteria in there is what's going to start the digestion process. And when you start throwing off the balance of the, the bacteria in there, you know, it's just, there's a giant question mark there as to what's going to happen. And, you know, the science is there to suggest that, but you can't really definitively put your finger on it and say, oh, this is going to cause this for sure. Yeah. I know that I personally would like to, you know, I do uh, probiotic foods all the time, you know, sauerkraut and and I really try to keep my, my microbiome happy. And when you go messing with this microbiome, I think, you know, you set yourself up for, you know, unknown circumstances. And uh, I think the, the more powerful mouthwashes and the fluorides and all that stuff, I think you, it's really a, uh, a dangerous area to be getting involved with. And that's why I turn to, you know, something like oil pulling, which doesn't harm your good bacteria. You know, if it's only going to attack the bad bacteria and pull this bad bacteria out, I mean, that's, that's got to be the most ideal thing possible. Yeah, it, it makes so much sense, doesn't it? I mean, you know, people talk about how we're, we're more bacteria than human. You know, it makes sense then that yeah. if, if that's the ecosystem we're existing within, then then we need to look after that and keep that balance. So, um, you know, what about challenges people have, whether it's the, the toothpaste or the oil pulling? You know, I've heard some people, for example, say that when they start oil pulling, they'll notice that they get ulcers within their mouth. You know, is that just a natural part of the healing process they need to work through or is it a sign of some other challenge? What's going on there? You know, I mean, that could be a sign of another challenge. Uh, it's it's hard to tell because everybody's so different. Yeah. I've never personally heard of anybody developing ulcers or anything like that. I mean, it, it's it, it's very, you know, bio-individuality says that we're all different and we're all going to react differently. You know, if you start oil pulling with coconut oil and you start developing ulcers, maybe back off and try the sesame seed oil. Or, you know, there's, there are other, you know, things like the um, bee propolis that you can use for mouthwash that are, it's also very um, antibiotic. 
but doesn't affect your bad bacteria. So I think there are other ways to approach it if something maybe isn't working for you, but it's, it's really hard to tell because you don't really know what the underlying condition of the person is. So what recommendations can you share with us, you know, for, for mum and dad or, or someone sitting at home that's perhaps starting to be concerned about the oral and, and dental hygiene and the products they're using? What's a good starting point and what do you think people should be considering? Well, I think a good starting point is really just to do some reading about it. I mean, there, there is such a tremendous amount of information out there now and you know, when you start looking at the statistics of how uh, just poor people are doing with their dental care, I mean, that's a really good example to give to somebody who's beginning to become curious. You have to ask the question of why are our teeth in such bad shape? You know, wh what are we doing wrong here? I mean, we're at the height of our medical ingenuity and we cannot seem to get this under control. It's getting worse every year, you know, from just this crazy amount of, of senior citizens that have no teeth left. It's, it's unbelievable. So I think the, the first point to, to make to somebody who's beginning to become curious is just to kind of get that idea into their head of like, well, look, we're doing everything that the dentist says and it's not working. You know, what? maybe there's something else out there that I should be curious about. And then, you know, I think the great, a great place to start with is just the toothpaste. Because if you can get somebody over the idea that it doesn't need to necessarily foam, then, you know, the toothpaste is a great start. And once they see that their teeth don't start falling out left and right when they start using this toothpaste, they're going to be much more open to these other ideas. One of the cool things uh, that I discovered when stepping into the paleo space uh, was the work of Weston A. Price, and um, he, uh, in, in 1939, put out a book uh, called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, and uh, I, was, I was just fascinated, uh, to sound a little bit simple, I was just fascinated to look at the pictures because he, he, he documented and took photos of these Indigenous tribes that were doing the biggest teethy grin that they could to show the quality of their teeth, um, and toothpaste was as far away from their culture as you can imagine, yet they still had this fantastic uh, mouthful of teeth that, that didn't follow the, the Western trend of, you know, having no teeth left when you uh, reach senior age. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about um, your discovery of that information, Eric, and perhaps how that influenced your work? Yeah, Weston A. Price, I mean, they, their foundation has just an incredible amount of information. I, I point to it in the book, and it's really, I don't want to say that it's obvious, but when you start to look at these other cultures and their progression, and you compare it to our progression, I mean, you, you really have to just open your mind. Mm. And once you open your mind to these possibilities and ideas, it's just a, a floodgate of information that comes in. And that, that's what gave me the ability to change my, my life. And, you know, the, their foundation was essential at, at, at spread, or is essential at spreading this information. And, and um, you know, look no further to the, the people that he pointed to in that book, that book that you're talking about, uh, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. You know, right on the cover, there's a bunch of people just smiling. <laughs> and, uh, 
it was, it's just such an eye-opening thing to see. And, and that, you know, connecting that piece is something that was, was very essential to me in my journey. And uh, like, you know, if you're, again, looking for people who, where are you going to start? Where, where is somebody going to start? That would be a great place to start, that book that you just mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so Eric, I mean, what about holistic dentistry then? I mean, where does that fit into the picture? I mean, obviously, there's going to be a time and a place when you just need a dentist, you know, and because of, you know, you've sort of got to that crisis situation. So, so how do you know, you know, obviously, we're talking a lot about self-care here, but how do you know when you've gotten to the stage where you really should go and see one of these guys? And, um, you know, can you tell us a bit about holistic dentistry and the differences there between perhaps them and the mainstream? Yeah, um, I think that, you know, modern dentistry, even even um, conventional dentistry can be okay. You can find a holistic dentist and, you know, you shouldn't really need much other than getting your teeth cleaned, right? I mean, what else? If you look back to, you know, Weston A. Price and like, they didn't have dentists, they didn't have toothpaste, toothbrushes, or I mean, I'm sorry, toothpaste and all that stuff. It's like you shouldn't really need that much out of your dentist. So when you need to go, if you need to go to just a regular dentist to get your, your mouth clean, then... No, just do that. You can just opt out of all the other special stuff that they're going to try and sell you. Um, as far as a more holistic approach to something like cavities, I mean, they're, they're, I've personally never even had a cavity. But I know people that have been following this approach that have been told they had a cavity. And then after following this, their cavity seemed to have go, has seemed to have go away. So, you know, I think a good holistic dentist would tell you about these things and, and kind of manage and walk you through this. But if you, you know, if you have a broken tooth or something like that and you need to go to the dentist, it's like you can't really avoid it, you know? Mm. So I, I, would, I wouldn't say you shouldn't ever go to the dentist, even if it's a conventional one. I still go to get my teeth cleaning, you know? And uh, uh, although there's not really much to do, <laughs> but, you know, to, just to go get a checkup and I, I don't really, you know, I don't get the x-rays or anything like that. But if you need to go to a dentist... And you can find a holistic one, then absolutely do it. But if you, you know, if you're in a lot of pain and none of these options are working, then you know, like it's holistic first. But if you can't, then you know, you got to go to the dentist. Yeah, and that's sound advice. You know, you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you've got a mouth full of cavities and, and you're in extreme pain. So it's that practical right. approach, Eric. I'm I really- also wanted to. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I also wanted to just touch on what you said about the amalgam. I mean, a holistic dentist, if you're going to have cavity issues, they're not, they're not going to put amalgam, which is 50% mercury, yeah. in your mouth. You know, I mean, that, that's something that was shocking to me to find out that they're calling this stuff amalgam and nobody really knows what it is, but it's 50% mercury. And you're chewing on it. You're, you're most certainly ingesting and absorbing small amounts of mercury, mercury when you yeah. have that stuff. It's pretty crazy and, I mean, an indication of the how serious it is, you know, to get it removed. I had to be on a, a heavy metal detox for a minimum of two weeks prior and two weeks after having those amalgams or, or mercury removed from my mouth. So I definitely wouldn't have wanted to have that done by someone that wasn't a specialist in that and knew exactly what they were doing and the actual proce- procedure itself involved using all kinds of um, bridges so that I didn't actually inhale or consume any of it either. So, yeah, bang on, it's serious business, isn't it, Eric? Yeah, yeah, that's that stuff is no joke. I mean, <laughs> you look into the, uh, at least over here in the States, the EPA's guidelines on, on mercury toxicity and, and how much mercury it takes to pollute an entire lake, and it's a 
tiny fraction of a small amount, and you can you can consider a whole lake polluted, and they're just putting it in everyone's mouths, which is, you know, you you would definitely want to do everything you can to minimize your risk when getting those things removed. I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Eric, I'm really keen to perhaps get some practical information. I know at the start of the podcast you shared with us um, that you use things like oil, uh, essential oils. Can you share perhaps any recipes that you use for toothpaste or direct us to somewhere that you could suggest um, buying some? Yeah, um, my recipe is equal parts baking soda to coconut oil and really I say it in the book too, this is really temperature dependent because coconut oil changes based on how warm or how cold it is, you know? So if you're in a very warm climate, it's going to take more baking soda. And then just 15 to 20 drops. So let's say, let's say two cups baking soda, two cups coconut oil, and then 30 drops of an essential oil of your choice. I mean, peppermint's a great one because it gives you that minty flavor. And if you really need some sweetness to kind of get you get somebody's foot in the door like if you're trying to convince somebody to give this a try you can add xylitol or uh, stevia to kind of increase the sweetness level and that'll make it more um it'll it'll make it a lot easier to to deal with for people who are are skeptical about it um and then you can use the mouthwashes uh, you use b propolis which is a um it's essentially the the uh beeswax that they use with other ingredients that come from the hive, that they, they use it as glue in their hive, the uh, bees. And you can add that to water and just all, along with a, a couple drops of essential oil and use that as your mouthwash as well. And it's very antibiotic in nature. And, um, and it, you know, those are the two main things. And then, the, like I said, with the oil pulling earlier, it's just essentially a tablespoon of oil and swish it around for 20 minutes. Yeah, nice one. It's always great to get some take-home that um, we can trial ourselves and, and see how we fare. Eric's book breaks down tried-and-true methods of maintaining optimum oral health while sticking to principles of the paleo approach to living. It's packed full of useful information and startling statistics to back it up. And the paleo approach dental health is for anyone who wishes to keep their dental health at its most optimum levels all while following the principles of the paleo diet. So if you are keen to get a copy or get your hands on Eric's book, it's available via Amazon. And Eric, are you active on social media? How else can people keep in touch with you? Yeah, we're in the middle of transitioning from our old uh, platform to our new one right now. So we're we're on Instagram at paleo paleo platform. And uh, our website is uh, paleoplatform.com. And then Facebook will be coming around here shortly. So I'll be sure to, to blast that out to the, um, on Instagram and as well through the blog. But you can, you can find a lot of our writing through just the blog, which is uh, paleoplatform.com. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Eric. It's been absolutely awesome chatting with you. Um, we really care about sharing information, not just about nutrition, because we believe paleo is so much more than that. So to, to be able to have a chat and break down the dental side of things has been wonderful, and, and we wish you all the best going forward. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really do appreciate it. And I, like I said, I appreciate everything you guys are doing as well. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, as always, we hope you enjoyed the paleo show as much as we did. 
Remember, you can join the conversation by liking that paleo show on Facebook and following us on Instagram. Until next week, continue to share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.